Daniel. And uh, Daniel is one of those awesome stories that if you remember, if you maybe you grew up going to Sunday school and if you're like me, you remember all the stories that were told from the book of Daniel. And so we're at that point in the whole story where we're going to talk about this wonderful book of Daniel. And I put a title this morning that says a long time in one direction. And you'll see what I mean by that as we kind of wander through this this book uh, this morning. Daniel is the author of this book, and it was written about his time in exile in Babylon. He lived kind of at the same time, not kind of, he lived at the same time as Ezekiel, who we talked about last week. Ezekiel came along into exile after Daniel. Daniel was one of the first guys taken into exile, uh, into the into the into Babylon, into that empire. Jeremiah was also alive at the same time and also was writing at the same time that Daniel was. And just for a little historical note so that you history buffs can put this all together in your mind, in China at the exact time that Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Obadiah were all writing in Babylon, uh, Confucius was writing in China at the exact same time. All of these guys are contemporaries of one another, and they're all living about the same time. He was one, Daniel was one of the men of promise that the conquering nation had taken and said, this this young man, because Daniel would have been in his teens at the time that he was taken, this young man is, is of noble birth. He had been brought up and trained in the courts of Jerusalem, and he would have been one of those young men who had been well-trained. And so as, as Nebuchadnezzar takes over and he's taking them back to Babylon, he, he takes out some of these men of promise. And Daniel was one of these young men who was a man of promise or a young man of promise. And so they lifted him out and put him in the royal palace because they wanted to use Daniel's intellect and some other young men for their cause, for their good. And, and so they changed his name. Same with the other young men that's there. That's where you run into Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were also young men of promise. And their names were changed to, to that to, so that they could begin taking away their, their Hebrew background and, and kind of insert them into a pagan culture and begin to th- get them to think a different way. Daniel spends the next 70 or so years of his life in captivity in Babylon. And in those 70 years, he serves under four different kings. And he ends up as one of the three administrators who oversaw all of the provincial governors of Babylon. And so you see this young guy who's taken captive, who just kind of rises and it's a steady climb as he goes through his years in Babylon. The first six chapters of this book um, are historical in nature and they kind of tell the stories. If, If you were in Sunday school as a child, these are the stories you heard about Daniel, the last Chapter 7 makes this massive transition, and then we go into prophecy after that. And Daniel begins to prophesy about what's going to happen to the nation of Israel, but also future things for the church and for us. It's one of the few books 
that takes place during the judgment of God on the nation of Israel. And most it talks about the coming judgment that's later to come on people who don't follow God. It's one of the few books that's written by someone who spends his entire life following God. If you look at all the other or most of the other books that are found in the Bible, you'll see this, that the the authors start out doing really well walking with God and then they kind of fall off and they don't do so well and they don't end or finish well. And Daniel starts and finishes well. He does well all the way through. As you read the book, you will notice over and over and over again the hand of God and his glory as he reveals himself to Daniel and to the pagan world that Daniel is living in. There are many different truths that you could glean from this book in this 12 chapters of this book and all kinds of different things that we could spend days talking about, not just a half hour this morning. But there's one truth that stood out to me as I was reading this, preparing for this sermon. And as I was studying it and spending time thinking about Daniel, here's the thought that kept coming to me. And it was this, that Daniel served God faithfully over a very long period of time, 70 plus years of his life in really difficult circumstances. He had a long time in one direction. A long time in one direction. So this morning, I don't want to preach so much as I want to have a conversation about what it looks like to go a long time in one direction. I don't know about you. I'm not a New Year's resolution guy. I, 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 I don't do that. It's kind of not how I roll. I tend to be a person who looks at my life, and I've done this over years, and once a year, I have a a kind of a life vision statement that I wrote when I was a teenager. And every year, I kind of, to this point, it's pretty much memorized. I'm a lot removed from a teenager. (laughs) And so I've thought about it for a lot of years. And every year, I go over that in my mind, and I kind of talk through how am I doing, and there's a few things that were on that. That, that, that life statement from when I was a teen, teenager, one of those things was that I would seek to grow closer to God every year of my life. That I would do whatever it took to yield my spirit, my heart, my life to God. And I would continue that step-by-step growth. And so every year, about this time of year, actually, it's the beginning of the year that I stop and I spend a little bit of time going, okay, Tim, this last year, how did you do with that? What did you do? Now, if you're like me, and maybe you make New Year's resolutions, and that's fine if you do. It's, it's, uh, this is not a should you or shouldn't you. But if you're like me, and you think through your life, and you look ahead in your life, and you look ahead and you say, I need to start a good new habit in my life. Because there's been times when I've looked at my life, and I said, wow, I don't like the direction that I'm going in this area of my life. And I look at my life spiritually. I look at my life physically. I look at my physical and mental health. I look at, am I learning? Am I growing? Am I learning new skills? Am I, am I caught in a rut? Am I doing the same things over? over and over expecting different results. That's called insanity, by the way. 
And so I ask those questions of myself, and what I find is this, is every year I'll see different things, and I'll say, Tim, you need to tweak that a little bit. You need to do a little bit better in, in this area. And what I find is this, that starting the new habit is often really easy. It's continuing that's really difficult, right? Are you with me? Anybody with me? Yeah. Anybody tried a diet before? The first day of the diet's not bad, Right? It's that evening when you like to snack that it gets difficult. It's the next days after that. It's after a week. And once you get into habit, actually, once you get into a really good habit, it gets easier and easier and easier. But often when we start, those beginning few weeks and months are a little rocky and it's difficult. And so I want to ask you this question this morning. What does it take to go a long time in one direction? What does that look like? What's it take? Well, the wonderful thing about the book of Daniel is he shows us that. What it takes to go a long time in one direction. We're going to start looking at Daniel chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. And you want to understand this, that when we read these verses this morning, Daniel's a teenager. Okay? And I want you to catch something. Here it is. Daniel chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. It says this. Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. God granted Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief eunuch. So there's a guy that's overseeing Daniel, that's looking after his food, that's looking after what he eats. He wants him to be healthy. He wants him to be wise. He wants to be intelligent. And so he's the guy that's responsible for Daniel. And Daniel's determined that he would not defile himself. So Daniel shows up in Babylon, and I need you to understand something. Daniel's parents had done a good job because they taught him who God was, Jehovah. They taught him the way that he should go. They taught him the way that he should walk in. And as a young teenager, Daniel shows up in Babylon, and all of his foundational things of his life, all of the people, all the stuff in his life had been ripped away. He's taken away as an exile. And he says, I'm determined that I will not defile myself. That word there is determined or purposed. The idea is this. It's a life-altering decision. One, you are going to stake your life on. It means this, that you realize, here's the truth. Here's the principle of truth. I am driving a stake. I will not cross that line. This is my life, period. It's what I'm going to do. Now, I want to stop here for a minute. I want you to realize something about this. How old is Daniel? You tell me. How old is Daniel? He's a teenager. Let's say it all together. How old is Daniel? He's a teenager. We have teenagers in this room. I hear this all the time, and I've heard it over my life. I've heard parents look at me and say this to me. They say, well, my teen's not doing right. He's... He, he or she are sowing their wild oats. You know, everybody does it. No, they don't. And they don't have to. Here's a young man who has his family, his city, his nationality, his life as he know it, ripped out from underneath him. Probably taken away in chains, placed in a foreign land, 
in a land where he could do whatever he wants, however he wants. He could live his life in whatever direction he wants. And because he knew that God was right, he purposed, he determined. Teenager, you are not too young to purpose and determine in your heart that you will not walk away from who God is and what God is about. Now is the time to determine that God is the only way that I will live my life. He's the only one that I will serve. He is the only one that I will yield to and bow down to. No one else gets my heart or my life. And that's what Daniel did. He purposed in his heart. He put a stake in the ground and said, this is my life. You could also say that he resolved. He came to a formal conclusion that this was it. Now, you might be sitting here saying, I'm not a teenager. (laughs) I've kind of blown by those years. It's not too late for you to determine, to purpose in your heart who it is that you're going to live for and follow. Hey, how about you? How about you? How determined are you that God will get all of you. That's what Daniel said. Daniel said, I'm all in. Now, what I want you to understand about that is that sounds awesome. It's great to be determined. It's great to resolve that I'm going to follow God. And I'm in, and here we go, and I'm excited. Woohoo! We're going to follow God. God's got all of me. Now, what I want you to understand is this. It's going to be hard. And the next few chapters that we're going to look at in Daniel's life to show how hard it really is to follow God, to go a long time in one direction and follow God. Let me show you the struggle. Let me show you how hard this is. King Nebuchadnezzar, not too long after Daniel's found in Babylon, has a dream. And he pulls all his wise men together and all of those astrologers and those guys who were supposed to be at Nebuchadnezzar's beck and call and tell him what to do next. And he pulls them all in and he says to them, he says, look, I had a dream and I need you to interpret the dream. Only I'm not going to tell you the dream because if I tell you the dream, you'll make up an answer and I won't know for sure that you're telling me the truth. And so I need you not only to interpret the dream, but to tell me what the dream was. How would you like that for the king to come and say that? And so they walk away, but then they come back and they say, oh, king, live forever, because that's what you say to the king. And they say, look, this isn't fair. We don't know what the dream is. We can't interpret it because you didn't tell us the dream. And he says, you guys are just out to get me. And so if you don't tell me the dream and you don't interpret the dream, you're all dead. Every one of you, all of my wise men will be dead. I will kill you. I will rip you apart and I will make your houses part of the dump. That's what I'm going to do. Well, they couldn't do it. And so he sent out one of his lead soldiers and he said, go, kill them all. Well, they came to Daniel and his three friends and they told Daniel, we're here to kill you. Wouldn't that be great? And Daniel says, hold it. Just wait a minute. Give me a minute. Give me just a little bit of time and I will go to the king and I'll tell him his dream and I will interpret it for him. Daniel chapter 2, if you have your Bible, verses 17 to 19. And then Daniel went to his house and he told his friends, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego about the matter and urged them to ask the God of the heavens for mercy concerning this mystery. 
so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the Babylonian wise men. And the mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night, and Daniel praised the God of heaven. I want you to notice something in this verse, these verses. Daniel continued in the same direction he started in. He didn't get all freaked out. We're going to die. We're all going to die. He went to his friends and he said, hey, let's do what we've always done. Let's go to God and ask him to reveal the truth to us. Why? Why? Because back when he was a young guy, he determined in his heart, he resolved that he would follow God. So he grabs his three friends and they continue in the same direction that they had been going in and they get on their knees before God and they say, God, we need your help. God, you've got to reveal this because there's no way we could know any of this. Can I stop for a minute right here, guys? How determined are you to go before God on a regular basis? How determined are you to grab those around you who love God and know God and say, look, I need help. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where I'm supposed to go next. Would you pray? Would you ask the God who created us, the God who put this all together, the God who knows all that's before, would you ask him to give us wisdom and directions? That's what we've been asking you as elders, as a church. Look, we need to go before God. We don't know the next steps. It's been obvious for 16 years. We have no clue what we're doing. It's true. I'm okay with it. But God knows. And so like Daniel, we've determined in our hearts, we've resolved, look, we're going to follow God. And he's going to direct us. And we need you to pray with us. That's what Daniel did. He said, this is my determination. This is what I'm going to do. How about you? How about you? Is that what you've been doing? It doesn't end there, by the way. It continues to be hard. If you were to look at chapter 5, you would see that, that, that King Belshazzar shows up. Nebuchadnezzar goes off the scene. And Belshazzar, his son, shows up. And Belshazzar's not living for God. He's not listening to Daniel. And God writes on the wall. You remember if, as a little kid, you remember the story. And if you haven't, read chapter 5. It's a cool story of God, God showing up. And Bel Belshazzar's not following God. And God takes a hand and he writes on the wall. And he wants to know what's going on. So Daniel comes in and he tells him, look, hey, bud, just so you know, Tonight, you've lost it all. Your, your life is going to be... Can you imagine standing in front of the king and going, hey, I want to read this for you. Tonight, you're going to die. It's not easy determining to follow God. And then Darius gets put into place, the next king. And under Darius, Daniel still holds a position of wisdom. And under Darius, Daniel gets exalted even farther. And actually, if you read the history of this from, from the historians, you'll realize this, that under Darius, Daniel gets exalted to the point of he's going to be second in command in all of the kingdom. And the other leaders get jealous. If you read this chapter 5 and chapter 6, 
And you'll see this, that they get so jealous that they write a decree that says anybody who doesn't worship Darius gets thrown to the lion's den. Now, immediately when I say that, your, your mind goes back to the story of Daniel and the lion's den, right? And it should, because that's the story. And immediately when you think of Daniel and the lion's den, how old do you think Daniel is? Go ahead. How old? Come on. You thought about it. How old? Just throw it out there. Are you awake? 20. 20. Anybody else? Anybody else got a guess? Daniel is about 70 years old when the lion's den shows up. Think about this for a minute. Daniel, as a teenager, determined in his heart that he would follow God. And kings came and kings left. And he kept saying yes to God, yes to God, yes to God. And at 70 years old, he's in a place of power and he's following God. And people are trying to get rid of him. And he could have just sat back and said, no, I'm coasting. I'm 70. I deserve it. And he kept saying, no, I'm going to follow God. Let me read these verses for you. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says this. And when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. Listen to this. And the windows in the upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees. He prayed and he gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. The document said anybody who worshipped anybody but Darius was going to lion's den. He's 70 years old. Keep going. Trust God. I'm not changing. I determined in my heart as a young man that I would follow God and only God. That's it. That's what I'm doing. And I don't care who's offended, and I don't care what it looks like, and I don't care where I end up, but I've determined that I will follow God. How about you? How about you? See, a long time in the same direction is hard. A long time in the same direction will cause incredible amounts of struggle. And as I read the life of Daniel, God in his wonderful grace and his mercy through his spirit as I read it, just kept saying, Tim, this is what a long time in one direction looks like, bud. The thing about Daniel as he said yes to God is every time you see him do it, you see these kings respond. Daniel would go through the struggle and the kings would respond and say, Daniel's God is true. He's right. He's righteous. Follow Daniel's God. I was wrong. And for a period of time, everybody would turn. And they would follow. Why? Because one man, and we know there was a few others in there, but one man determined in his heart that he would go a long time in the direction of God. 
And I need you to understand something that this did not get old for Daniel. Seventy some odd years saying yes to God. Seventy some years of every time anything happened, Daniel would go and he would get on his knees before God and he would say, God, now what? They're at it again. They've determined that you're not God, but I know you are. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to point them to God? 70 plus years. So often, guys, when life gets tough, we give up. I'll do it my way. I know better. And in the middle of all this, I want you to understand something about Daniel. It wasn't just wandering through these struggles. His relationship and his tightness, if you will, to God just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Let me read you these verses from Daniel chapter 10. Daniel kept going to God saying, God, show me you. Show me what's next. Show me what you want to do. Show me how you're going to use Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 2, he says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning. This is, well, he was under Cyrus, so this is the end of his life. For three full weeks, I didn't eat any rich food, no meat, no wine entered my mouth. I didn't put any oil on my body until three weeks were over. And suddenly a hand touched me and I sat and set me shaking on my hands and knees. And he said to me, Daniel, listen to this. You are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I am saying to you. Stand on your feet for I have been now been sent to you. After he said this, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me, for from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have become, I have come because of your prayers. Daniel had an angel who came and spoke to him of the direction that God wanted him to go. And the angel said, Daniel, from the very beginning, God heard your prayers and he treasured your attitude and your humility and he loves you with every part of him and he wants to direct you the way that you should go and I'm here to help you with that. Wow, I don't know about you, but that blows me away. God's words to Daniel is, I treasure you. I value you because of what you've done. So how does this journey end? Well, in Daniel chapter 12 at the end, this angel that's speaking to Daniel says this, I need you to go now and rest. Don't worry about anything else. I'm looking after it. And I need you to rest in what you've been told. And what you need to understand is we wrap up Daniel's life right there and we say, that's it. It's not. It's not it. 
Because under Cyrus, who Daniel helped and he directed, and this vision came while, while Daniel was ruling, leading under Cyrus, under Cyrus, the first return to the nation of Jerusalem, I mean to the, the, the city of Jerusalem, happens for the Israelites. And Cyrus pays for the first return, and he sends all of the treasures of the temple back to Jerusalem under Daniel. And he looks after the people of Israel and he says, look, go back and begin to build your city. Begin to pull that all back together, which leads, folks, that's, that's the beginning of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall. See how this all comes around? This is history. Don't, don't lose me. But because Daniel determined in his heart to follow God, to please God, he purposed, he resolved, I will do what God wants. The nation of Israel is lifted back up. And God, Yahweh, is worshiped and glorified because Daniel purposed in his heart to do what was right. How about you? How about you? Are you letting God use you to prepare the next group of people to see him? That's what Daniel did. That was his life. And God offers you and me as Christ followers rest if we say yes to him. Is it easy? Nope. But he has a plan that he works out. If we keep going a long time in one direction, God promises us rest in him. Let me read this to you from Revelation 21, 1 through 6. It says this, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I also saw the holy city and new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for his hus her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. And they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no, be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to those who thirst from the spring of the water of life. Folks, as Christ followers, God offers us the same freedom and rest that he gave Daniel. And if we determine in our hearts and we resolve in our spirit to follow him, he says, look, all that I have is yours and I'm going to give it to you. I will be your God and you will be my people and I'll grant you freedom. These are the same words that Jesus gave us in the gospels where he said, come, anyone who hears, come. Anyone who's thirsty, come. Anyone who desires the water to live freely or a drink of living water, come. Come to me and I will give you rest. Folks, a long time in one direction means that I continually come to Jesus. Look at Daniel's life. No matter what he faced, no matter what the difficulty was, he just kept coming to God. 
And Jesus asks us to do the exact same thing. Come to me. Come. And I'll give you life.